Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Episode 39, the Prolific Writer Podcast. Joanna Penn stops by the show and drops some huge writerly mindset bombs. Let's go. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well, so you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Welcome, 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 everyone, to the Prolific Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan J. Pelton, and I'm so glad that you have stopped by however you found us on the train, in the car, on your bike, pumping the iron, writing the books. We are here dedicated to helping you write fast, write often, and write well. I couldn't be any more pumped than I am. You can't even see me because you're on a podcast. If you could see me, that'd be very strange. But if you could see my pumpedness, my emotion, my excitement, my joy, it would stop you in your tracks because today I have Joanna Penn on the show dropping some sage, wise, in the trenches, prolific writer, writerly goodness. And I couldn't be any more excited to share what we talked about today. And we dig into so many things. You need to fasten your seatbelt You need to tighten it tight. You need to get a notebook and get a pen or get out your phone or your little device or your little recorder thing. And you need to take lots of notes and then you need to put these things into practice because she is going to help you tremendously as we discuss mindset, thinking like a business, what keeps us back from writing, all those kinds of of things. And so really excited to share that with you. And so, uh, A couple things before we jump into the interview is we want to uh, talk about 
just some freebies that we have on the website. So the prolificwriter.net. If you haven't checked out the freebies, I know we get new listeners every week. And so check out a couple of freebies we have to help help you in your writing uh, journey, your writing career, wherever you are. If you're stuck, we have a free five-day email course. You'll see that right on the front page there, or just go to the prolificwriter.net slash free. Get in on that five-day writer course. I'll email you some tips, some tricks, some ways to kind of get unstuck. Also, if you're having trouble finishing a book, starting a book, you're in the middle of a book, you maybe need to restart a book. I have a free outline. You punch in a bunch of uh, answers from questions that I ask, and you can write a nonfiction or fiction book. Very simple tool, a little cheat sheet. You can check that out, how to get unstuck, outline, start to finish. And then also check out the 10 confessions of a prolific writer. You're going to love it. These are the philosophy that we live by, our motto to be a prolific writer, to start books, to finish books, the mindset needed. And so that's our little gift to you. So hopefully those things will serve you well. Just check out the website, all kinds of good stuff there, blog posts, past episodes, you know, take a little ride, take a little spin, take a little, you know, a little look around on the website thing. And we redid it. Hopefully you like it. Hopefully it's helpful. So without any further ado, I want to get to none other than the creative pen with the double N.com Joanna pen dropping some serious writer advice. Let's do this. Welcome everyone to the Prolific Writer Podcast. I am humbled and honored today to have Joanna Penn on the show. And if you don't know Joanna Penn, you've probably been living under a rock somewhere. But Joanna Penn is an author, international speaker, award-winning entrepreneur. She's from the UK, was kind enough to come on the show here in the Midwest. Uh, she's a travel junkie. She's written best-selling nonfiction books and also best-selling fiction books under J.F. Penn. You've probably read some of those books too. Some uh, books, uh, the Arcane series, I was forgetting what it was, uh, the Conspiracy Thriller series, the London Psychic Crime Thrillers, and several dark fantasy thriller novels and short stories. And I'm so pumped to have her on the show. Joanna, can you fill in anything that I missed? Uh, give us a little introduction. Oh, thanks for having me on the show, Ryan. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess in terms of an introduction, I've been doing this now 11 years. I'm coming up to my 11th year. And so I feel like um, your introduction seems awesome. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know, and th- but then I know a lot of people listening might be just starting out. So if people, you know, often when the, you listen to a show, you might feel that you have nothing in common. But, um, you know, I just wanted to point out that I've been doing this a, a while now. So um, I'd love to share, you know, some of the, the problems that I still have with my writing in the show today. Well, and that's what if you follow Joanna at all, she's a very open book and she loves to share her struggles and her joys and everything in between. So um, that's the thing that we learn as writers is it's it's ups and downs. It's constant learning. It's constant falling on our faces, getting back up. And so uh, there's so much we could talk about Joanna today. And one thing that we talked about a little bit is what I'm interested in. And I think a lot of our audience is interested in is uh, the, the, kind of related to the mindset of a writer and how to make a living as a writer, not necessarily the marketing stuff, but really just what is the mindset that it takes. And to kind of intro that mindset conversation is I want you to talk a little bit about years ago, you made a transition from a corporate job into kind of this writing, publishing, 
author, entrepreneur life. And I want you to talk, talk about that and how that related also to your mindset and your thinking about becoming a writer or wanting to write. Yeah, sure. So uh, way back in um, 2006 was uh, I pretty much decided to change my life. So I spent uh, 11 years at that point, um, 11 years or 13 years or a lot of years uh, being a business consultant. So at the time I was implementing accounts payable into large uh, companies, which let's face it is not imaginative or interesting, uh, but it did pay well. So I was, you know, the classic kind of corporate uh, cubicle slave um, making enough money that it's hard to leave. And I know a lot of people are in that situation so but I was I was really miserable you know not in that existential way I was sort of you know what am I doing with my life you know the years go by and I'm, I'm just not achieving anything and you know I was kind of um, early 30s and really you know wondering what I was going to do um, so I started reading a lot of self-help Tony Robbins and stuff like that um, and I, I ended up thinking well you know what if I write a self-help book um, you know I might discover something along the way so I started writing um, and and in 2008, I self-published that first book, um, which later became Career Change. And in the process of, of actually taking action and writing that book, I learned a lot about, you know, the, the technical side, um, the actual how to write, um, but also my mindset started to change. And I think this is really important. You know, when you're at that beginning writing stage, you will read a lot of books on writing, uh, you know, so you might have all the books, you've got Stephen King on writing and Anne Lamott, Bird by Bird and all the books that everybody reads. And yet you might not have actually started writing. So I think, you know, the, the mindset shift, it goes from I want to be a writer to oh I am actually writing so I am a writer comes before I am an author um, and around that time as well I started to learn about affirmations so it was when the secret came out um, the secret which is about law of attraction and uh, I believe in the power of affirmations for changing mindset but I also believe in action so the law of attraction has that action in it as well as the sort of affirmation side so um, my affirmation at the time was I am creative I am an author and I didn't think I was creative and I certainly wasn't an author back then um, but that was what I used to say to myself first of all I couldn't say it out loud so I said it in my head for probably about a year before I could start saying it out loud and then I started saying it out loud and then I started taking action and was able to write that first non-fiction book um, in 2008 and but it wasn't till 2011 that I actually left my job so it was a kind of a five-year journey while still working my day job and the big mindset shift was again from I am an author to I can actually make a living as an author so I want people to consider that this is um, you know a journey and a path and a mountain or whatever you want to to have but that your goals and your mindset shift will happen bit by bit. And what you kind of have to do is figure out what the next step is and work towards that, uh, you know, rather than going from never having written a chapter to I want to make a million dollars with a book. Yeah, I think that's you just unpacked a lot of things there. And uh, what, one of the things I want to kind of drill down into is uh, obviously on the mindset piece, but is when you decide what your mindset's going to be or, or the things that you tell yourself is really going to determine how do you even see your own writing. And so is this just a hobby? Is this the game? Is this something just to fill time or, you know, meet some kind of creative itch or like yourself, is it something that I want to do 
as a living. I want, I want to make my living doing this. I want to create books. I want to help other writers, whatever it may be. And that little subtle shift I think is, can, can mean the difference between just a hobby or actually something that you, you make your living by. Yeah, I agree. And I think the writing is a hobby. So, you know, behind me, as as we're recording, I have a whole load of my journals that I've been writing since I was 15. So I have a lot of journals. Um, and that to me is is kind of hobby writing. Or maybe you do, um, you know, fan fiction, uh, or maybe you just write stories that you share with, with you know, friends or, or whatever. Maybe you even go to a writer's group, but you haven't actually put something out there in the world. And I think that the big difference between writing as a hobby and then kind of taking it a bit further is first of all publication um, and you know deciding on how you're going to publish is a whole other discussion but putting that book out in the world for someone else to read and someone else like to come out of your head as the writer and consider what a reader might want this is the first step beyond being uh, a hobby and then of course trying to decide on what your definition of success is, is, is another way. So again, if your definition of success is, I want to just hold my book in my hand, then you could use, um, you know, a service like blurb, which is fantastic, you know, which is what I, I recommend for kids, um, you know, doing projects that are not commercially viable in any way. Um, and writing for the sake of a creative project is completely marvelous and wonderful. And I encourage everyone to do it. But if you actually want to write for some form of income, whether that is $10, $100, $1,000, you know, or six figures, multi six figures, then you actually have to consider going further and thinking about, okay, well, what do actually people want to buy? <laughs> and that really pulls you out of your head as the writer and puts you into the reader's head and thinking about what they want. So, so again, this kind of step by step process. Um, and going back to that first book of mine, that was the first I'd written lots of different things. But that was the first time I was like, okay, I'm actually going to have a product at the end of this that other people are going to read. And of course, I thought it would change everyone's lives. And it would be the next four hour work week. <laughs> but so often the first book we write changes our lives. So you know, the book you write will change your life. It might not change anyone else's. But you know, certainly it might change yours. Yes, that that that's really helpful because, you know, people don't realize just getting that first one out, what it what it just kind of opens up in you. And sometimes that first book is just a lot of pain and struggle that you just want to, you know, throw up on the page. And that's OK. But I think there's something that, that gets released when you, you finally finish that first book. And, and I, I just want to say, you know, thank you, because I years ago um, I found your website and this is five, six, I think six years ago now and was trying to write my first book and get it out in the world. And I had no idea what I was doing or, you know, the writing thing was, was, was okay. I'd been writing for a while, but to, you know, publish it, Amazon, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, that book was just, it wasn't great, but it was out there and it just, uh, it just unleashed something. It opened me up to something to say, this is possible. This is doable. And, you know, and hopefully progressively you get a little bit better along the way. Um, I also want to just, <laughs> just add something to that as well as you said, something really helpful is we have people listening to the show all over the map. We have people that write, you know, a hundred books, you know, two books a month. We have people that are just starting. 
Um, and, and there's no shame. And I want people to hear this. There's no shame in if, if you just want to be a hobbyist and you just want to have that book in your hand and that's your goal to share with your grandkids. Like that is a noble goal. Like don't th- think that's you know silly. Or if you're someone who's like, I want to make a living doing this, that's great too. But, but I think everything in between is okay too. I, I don't want people to hear that, you know, well, you're only worthy if, you know, you have a hundred books under your belt, you know, or maybe you just have one. And so, um, so whatever those goals are, that's what Joanna is saying is you need to determine what that is for you. And, and you never know, like after that first one, you may go, Hey, I really like this. And I think I can do this. And I've, you know, people like this, maybe I should write some more. And that's typically what happens. <laughs> would, yeah. Would you say that's I, true. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think you don't know whether you've got the bug until you've written that first book. What I would say is I, I presume people listening to the prolific writer uh, want to be prolific. Yep. <laughs> um, but um, I think you're right. And what's interesting with creativity as well is this. I like the idea of a sort of a, a pipe, um, a, a pipeline sort of above your head. You know, like one of those. Um, I, I always think of it a bit like those garbage chutes that come down from the top of buildings. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have those in America. Um, Yeah, you know what I mean? And then they uh, and I'm not saying that it's rubbish. It's just that's a kind of real interesting visual. I think of it as that sort of vertical pipe. And often when people are writing that first book, it's almost like you have to clear the blockage. And I'm not I don't use the word block as like writer's block, but it's almost like you've built up. I mean, when I wrote that first book, I built up sort of, you know, 15 years or even 30 years, I guess, of all the things that I'd ever wanted to write. Um, and, and there was that that sort of block in the pipeline. And I had to clear that. I had to write that project, even if it was not, you know, it, it was the book of my heart, basically. Um, but that project had to had to be done so that the creativity sort of pipeline would open up and I would start to get ideas for the next book and now I mean you know you know and a lot of people listening will know that ideas are not a problem in fact number of ideas is a problem because we all have so many ideas so many books we want to write but that didn't come for me until I'd written that first book so I actually I you know I'm glad I have my diaries because I look back and I didn't believe that I had any ideas before I wrote my first novel I couldn't believe how people wrote a novel <laughs> and and yet once you start using that idea muscle once you um, start opening up that pipeline it just it kind of doesn't stop and if you enjoy writing and you like creating a finished product um, in the world um, and I think that finishing energy is so important as well uh, you know lots of people can write but finishing a book project means pushing through a lot more. Yeah, I mean, pipeline, and and you love it. This is like the best career in the world. Mm-hmm. No, I think that this is a great segue into actually your book, the successful author mindset. And in that book, you you talk about a lot of these things. Um, you know, you talk about self doubt. You talk about fear. You know, why even write? Uh, you know, you you just mentioned I'm not creative. I don't have any ideas. Um, and and I think you know underneath these things, and we'll get into this just just a minute, but you know, underneath these things is just another way of, of creating more fear or more doubt in us is we use these excuses. Well, I don't have any ideas. I don't have the right software. I don't have the time. I don't, you know, all these things. And it's just another excuse not to write, you know, or I'm going to listen to another podcast. I'm going to, you know, I mean, listen to this one, of course, and Joanna's, but, um, but, you know, we use all these things as, as ways of not writing. Um, in your book, The Author Mindset, you, you talk about self-doubt and fear and, you know, why do we write? You know, I'm not creative. I don't have ideas. Uh, you know, why is that an important part of the writer's journey, the writer's career? 
uh, dealing with some of these things that we kind of tell ourselves that really keep us from writing? Yeah, so it's funny because um, I think many nonfiction authors have this too, is you end up writing books uh, around your audience. And I wrote a blog post a couple of years ago about the roller coaster of being a writer. And it started with, you know, I hate writing. It's so hard. It's just so difficult. And then I love writing. It's the best thing in my life. And 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 this whole post was literally just dichotomies and all the different seesaw of being a writer. And the response to that was was huge. And what I realized is that how I feel and how you feel as a creative, it's actually everyone else is feeling the same way. (laughs) But often we don't talk about it. And there has been this huge sort of myth and um, sort of the veil over the perfect author, you know, the author where perfect words stream from their fingers and it's a best-selling book just like that. Um, And all the other extreme, which is kind of the alcoholic writer who ends killing themselves. (laughs) But neither of these extremes are actually the truth for most of us you know the truth is that it's um cyclical so you know we're coming into autumn here in the uk and uh i i had the flu last week and um over the last couple of weeks and i really this cyclical idea of creativity and mental health and uh you know the 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 creative pipeline and everything came through for me is that sometimes things really don't feel good you don't have ideas writing is hard um you know you are afraid you're you know worried about the inner critic or the external critic I just got a fantastic one star review on one of my books today and (laughs) I'm trying to think about it positively you know Uh, the fear the fear of failure that you spend you know time on this book and then nobody buys it Uh, self-doubt imposter syndrome you know I get this all the time you know who am I to write a book on author mindset (laughs) I mean really you know I'm not Stephen King or James Patterson or JK Rowling or whatever Um, but this is the thing that so the important thing for everyone listening is to acknowledge that this creative roller coaster is part of the creative process and that the frustration you feel and the fear and the anxiety and the worry this is normal (laughs) Uh, of course there is a continuum so you know if you are crippled with anxiety and fear that's not healthy and you know you might need to see a professional but if it is like a normal level of fear and anxiety um, you know those are things we all go through and the difference I think between writers who can be successful and what I mean by successful I guess is just at least getting a book out in the world um, in this definition, uh, then you learn to live with that uh, and you learn to understand these cycles. So one common thing, for example, is feeling completely empty after you've finished a book. So I, again, I I finished the first draft of a novel recently uh, called Map of Shadows and I I literally felt like I could never write anything again. I was so empty. And then I got the flu. So that probably was related. (laughs) Like I was really, I'd given everything to this project. I had not held anything back. And it had been quite a, a, a roller coaster in many ways. And then I got sick. And then I felt very negative and that but now you know two weeks later I'm kind of bouncing back and that the circle has turned and I'm almost ready to look at that book again and start editing and that's a completely normal process and and I'm on book this is book 25 for me so this is the thing and I've talked to authors who've oh you've had Dean on the show actually Dean Wesley Smith isn't normal he doesn't seem to feel these things right right he's a robot yeah, he is. He's like, but but most authors, um, most authors feel this way, um, this self-doubt, this imposter syndrome uh, and this cycle of creativity and the ups and downs. No, and, and I think this is what you're doing is you're unveiling what 
nobody talks about, but everybody experiences. And, you know, there's a lot of bad advice out there, you know, even just, you know, write every day, no matter what, even if your hair's on fire. Um, and there's also some, I think some, there's something in that, that you say, you know, it's okay to take breaks. It's okay to live your life. It's okay to, you know, refill the tank. And, um, you know, again, writing isn't, you know, an end to everything. It's not your whole life either. Um, and I think that's important. I, th- I had someone on, um, last year that was talking about, he had some physical problems and he realized like, I can't being a traditional published author became to a point. I was so anxious and so worried because I wasn't hitting my deadlines. And some of that was because of physical things. He said, that's why I went indie is, is I didn't need that stress and I needed to write at my own pace. And and he's still very prolific, but, but he realized it's, you know, (laughs) writing's not easy and it takes a toll on you and it's okay. Like if you fall on your face and, you know, need to refuel and, and need to try different things. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's really helpful just to kind of un- unveil those things. Those are all normal things. I, you know, I wrote a couple novels and I, you know, I was going to start a, a third one in the series and I literally was like, I don't think I can ever do this again. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I was so empty. Same thing. I was just so, I, I don't like this. I don't like this book anymore. I don't like the series anymore. And I was just really odd. Um, but it's, it's part of it. Um, you know, mm. Steve, Stephen Pressfield's very good on this, you know, do the work and, the war of art. And, you know, um, I, I wanted to add, uh, with that too, is, is you were hitting on something about fear is, you know, you're talking about unhealthy fear, you know, maybe you need help. You maybe have, you know, anxiety, worry, but I think there's also a way to use fear to our advantage because I think when there's fear and there's struggle, it means you're doing something important. Yeah. And I think one of the issues is the kind of the tension between what is too much and, and you know, what is uh, being prolific and working hard and, you know, writing lots of books and what is burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's funny, the story you said about the, the, the author who stopped traditionally publishing to be indie in order not to be so stressed. And what's so interesting in the indie community is how many authors are really pushing their production to the point that they are burning out. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, you know, as a traditionally published author, you only you might only you have to do one or two books a year whereas indies are trying to do you know five to ten books a year so it's a very it's a very interesting and, and you the individual listening have to decide what is right for you at what point in your life um as you say and that tension like the fear leaning into the fear and what Stephen Pressfield would call the resistance you know the thing that is you know, when you're like, oh, I really, in fact, that map book that I just did, Map of Shadows, I really struggled with that book. Like, you know, it's, it's, be, I've thought about giving it up and I, I never give anything up. Like one of my core principles is you must finish this project. Um, mm-hmm. One of, I think you've talked about Heinlein's rules, mm-hmm. um, but you know, that the kind of you must, you write and then you finish what you're writing because until you finished, you can't look at it with any kind of eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and even then you can't tell whether it's any good. Um, but it's interesting because it you have to keep that tension between leaning into what you're afraid of and what is difficult for you and then also pulling back when you really are if you're breaking and and only you can really tell that now I, and I know uh, with me because I'm a very positive person if I find myself feeling jaded about writing or social media or you know oh I just you know podcasting at one point I was like I'm just going to give up my podcast and it was because I was I was stressed about it and you know lots of things and then when I took a step back and was like okay so what does this mean in the bigger scale of things or just have a rest like that's my 
biggest thing, my biggest recommendation for people, if you're feeling that negativity, overwhelm, you know, you just want to give everything up, then tools down, go for a walk, uh, go to sleep, spend a couple of days without the internet, like turn off social media, take Facebook off your phone, <laughs> take Twitter off your phone, um, you know, just separate from that and try and get back to who you are under all of that noise like what is calling you to write what you're writing you know maybe you just want to write your poetry um I know a lot of poets and you know poetry is not written for money poetry is written for the love of of poetry um and for communicating something deeper perhaps um you know write things that might refresh you or just get back to your journal but don't lose that love through pushing your fear and your anxiety too far. And I would add too, in, if you're in the writing community is the the thing of comparison is really deadly. And, you know, one of the things I hope with this podcast is I don't, we don't overwhelm people or feel like, well, that person wrote, you know, 400 books. I can never do that is we compare ourselves and you have to be you and you have to know your life. You have to know your situation. You have to know your abilities. And like you were saying, Joanna, just, you know, turning off media, getting some rest, like that's okay. Like don't compare Like the, the writing community is not a competition. Like I'm not competing against Joanna Penn or Dean Wesley Smith or whoever, <laughs> like we're in this together. Like there's, there's never going to be enough books. There, there's plenty of space. You're going to have your unique voice. You're going to have your own message. And so my competition is not the, the next author that's writing what I'm writing. Um, and that, that can be deadly too. And so I think even just identifying that as much as you can to say, man, I'm really comparing myself to Stephen King or to Joanna Penn or Dean Wesley Smith or whoever. And that's, that's not helpful either. No. And I think that's why I started out the show by saying, you know, the person you introduced is who I am 11 years after I decided to write that first book. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. You can really only compare yourself to who you were. So, you know, one of the reasons I, I'm so glad I've been blogging since 2008 is I, I go back and I look at my earlier videos or, um, you know, read one of my earlier blog posts and I realize that I'm not that person anymore. So, and I look forward, you know, I look at someone like Stephen King and I, and I think, okay, so, or Dean Wesley Smith, and um, how can I, when I am their age, you know, in their 60s, which for me is like, you know, 25 years, whatever, um, you know, how can I, ha you know, be more like them? So if I want to be them, how do I get there? And is that by writing more? Is that by learning more? Is that by pushing the different types of books I write? Again, that Map of Shadows book, it's, um, it's a fantasy novel. And, it, you know, I've written dark fantasy, but this is definitely in it's a new world. It's, it's, it stretched a lot of my my writing skills in a new area. So, you know, these are the things that will help us grow and become better writers. Now, of course, I'm a better writer than I was 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a better writer than I was a year ago because I'm practicing by 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 putting more words out into the world. Uh, and this is the thing. So, and I still suffer from comparisonitis. It's, uh, I don't know whether we ever get rid of that, but um, you just, again, you have to be mindful of it you're like okay so I'm uh, you know why am I comparing myself to that person they're selling more books than me but then if you look at their history you know maybe they've been writing a lot longer um, you know we compare ourselves to the suddenly famous debut author who got a movie deal but what what you don't know is that that is a new pen name for a writer who might have been writing for 20 years like something like um, 
uh, Girl on the Train was billed as a debut, but was not a debut. It was uh, the first book under a new name by an established author who'd been writing a long time. So that's the thing. It's very easy to compare ourselves with people who we shouldn't. Um, so really, the aim is to compare yourself with yourself um, and to challenge yourself that way. So if you're sitting here right now and you're going, oh, well, if I compare myself to last year, I still haven't finished that book or I still haven't published that book or I still haven't started the blog I'd said I'd start or I still haven't done this or that or the other, then yeah, you can kick yourself and say, right, I'm not going to do this this time next year. And the, the other way I like to, to do it is by Olympic years because it, you know, a year can fly by, right? But Olympic years you remember. So, you know, where were you in the London Olympics in 2012? And then where were you uh, in your writing life during the Rio Olympics in 2016? And if you compare 2012 to 2016, for me, in 2012, I, um, I, don't, I only had two novels, I think. Uh, and 2016, I was making like multi six figures, and I was living the other side of the world. And I had like, you know, 15 books or something. So if you look over four years, you can actually see your journey a lot more. But of course, you have to get that back down to the, the sort of daily, weekly, monthly level of of uh, trying to hit those mini goals. Mm -hmm. That's good. I, I think you're you're hitting on something and maybe without saying it specifically, but you know, even just the idea of like legacy, I talk a lot about that too, is, you know, think of, you know, body of work, you know, career, not just, you know, this year, the next four years. I mean, but think, like you said, you know, in 25 years, where am I going to, where am I going to be? Um, and, and I think when you have a bigger vision or a bigger idea of like, Hey, I want to produce, I want to publish a lot of work the, in the moment. It doesn't feel as overwhelming. It's just word by word, day by day, month by month, year by year, adding in those words, getting those books published, getting them out in the world and then going to the next one. Um, and, and I think that's kind of the bigger picture. And there's so many writers right now. I mean, writers, that are really off the radars because they, you know, went for the fast, get rich quick, you know, wrote in some genre they hated, you know, made some money and then it got hard and then they're, they're gone. But I think for the prolific writer, we're trying to say, we want to see you thrive for, you know, however many years you have, you know, long term. And then what's it going to, you have to kind of reverse engineer your life to say, well, what's it going to take to get to that point? Um, and so a lot of things you're talking about, you know, the mindset, the, you know, um, thinking about, you know, how I've, I've grown in the last few years and, and those kinds of things, having a plan, having, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, and, and I think a lot of people don't reverse engineer their life in a way that they can actually do that. And so they think, well, I can just do it now the way I am and the rhythms of life that I have now. But, but you may have to say, well, I need to carve out an hour a day for that to happen or whatever it looks like for you. Yeah, and I think that's important. So, you know, back in, in 2006 to 2008, I, I discovered that I wanted to be a professional author. You know, I didn't think that when I first started writing that book. And then I realized that actually, and in fact, it was the advent of the Kindle in sort of 2009 to 2010 that made me realize you could make a living as an author. Before that, I thought I might be a speaker, you know, primarily a speaker. Um, but then with the Kindle and with international book sales, on the internet, uh, I realized that it, it could actually be done. And then I set the goal to leave my job. And this is a really big deal. Um, if you are very happy in your day job, then awesome, you know, good on you. Uh, and, you know, stay in your day job and write for love and a bit of extra money. But if you want to be a full time writer and make a living with your writing, you do have to make that decision and decide that's what you're going to do and then try and aim 
aim for that. So I had a specific time frame that I wanted to achieve that. And I set about uh, trying to make that happen. And of course, you learn along the way. Um, you know, I didn't know how to do a lot of the things at the time, but I was learning that over the years. But what I did do was I made time in my life for that big change. So I would get up before work at sort of 5am and write and that was my creative time and then I would go to work and um, I used to do the smartphone was another big deal that kind of came in around that time that helped me do social media at work you know sort of in breaks and then I'd come home I'd do my podcast I'd do the blog um, and, and at the weekends I, I was working I then went four days a week and spent that extra day working. Um, I kind of got rid of the rest of my life uh, because I had this big goal, which is I wanted to leave my job and become, you know, make a living with my writing. So I completely focused um, and I do meet people, meet authors who are like, oh, well, I want to do that too, but they're not, they haven't made the space in their life. Um, so that would be another big tip is decide what you want your life to look like. And then you have to think, what are you going to give up to make that happen? What are you going to change in your life to make that happen? Are you going to have to learn new skills? Are you going to have to give up another hobby? Um, are you going to have to not go down the pub on the Friday night? Or, you know, are you have to going to get up earlier than your your kids so you can get some writing in but um if you want to do this for a living you do have to consider these different things no that's really good that's that's it i mean you can't do it all and we waste a lot of time doing things that aren't really moving our writing career ahead and and you know and, and i think too it's it's not you know this huge overhaul at times like you said it's just sometimes it's just waking up an hour earlier or staying up an hour late you know i think we we think you know instead of tuning up the car um, you know, we're thinking overhauling the engine and replacing all the parts. Um, I think for some people, most people, it's probably just a tweak here and there. And, you know, I talk about writing in the cracks of your life. And so, you know, maybe that's writing an hour over lunch or writing an hour earlier before the kids, you know, I have young children that get up, you know, the crack of dawn, writing early or writing late or, um, and then before long you realize, wow, I, I can actually produce a lot of, a lot of words and a lot of books. Um, so I want to get into a little bit of the conversation about making making a living. Um, I, I found your book on making a living and as a writer really uh, fascinating. Um, but before we get to that, you've had a lot of success. And one question I love to ask our um, our guests is not about your successes because there there are many. But but I want to want you to talk a little bit about a failure that you had in your writing and publishing journey, and then kind of what what did you learn? Oh well. <laughs> uh... In terms of failures of my entrepreneurial journey, I think, you know, this is really relevant for people. I didn't just I didn't just work a corporate life and give it up, become a writer and da -da, I'm a successful business person. <laughs> um, I started a scuba diving company back in New Zealand, um, back in the day. And that is the most expensive business you can possibly have, <laughs> we, you know, with a boat and the price of fuel and the weather and staff and dive gear and insurance. And so, you know, this is I think this is important because that that taught me to have a business that did not have massive numbers of assets or be dependent on the weather or be dependent on other people. Uh, I lost a lot of money. Um, I also broke up my first marriage. So I'm happily married for the second time. But uh, I learned a lot from that failure. And then I tried to do a website very early on, like sort of 2004, which before the web was easier. Um, and that failed. And then uh, I did property investment. And that failed, uh, mainly because I just 
didn't care about it. I was not interested in like saving money on paint and all this type of thing. <laughs> so that helped me hone down what I really wanted with my life. And, and this, you know, this is a really important tip. What do you want your life to look like? So actually, I like scuba diving, but I did not, not want to spend my life going out on dive boats with people who needed help. You know, mm. um, I would rather do it for fun. Um, you know, investment property, not interested. Writing, yay, I can just do this for fun as well as money. Mm. So that really really helped me location independence was something I wanted so to be able to make a living from my laptop rather than have to have a physical boat or a physical house um so again that helped me so so first I, I will get to your point on the writing but mm -hmm. the point is I made business failures before I became a writer and the reason you know I think this has been my successful business is this is my my fourth or fifth business um being a writer and so I treat this as a business so I have run businesses before and that is a really important thing if you want to be a successful you know let's say six figure or multi six figure author and hopefully some people listening will want that um then you do have to run your business in the same way as anyone runs any business so but in terms of um failure with um the books and and the writing i mean it's the same as anybody you know i've put out books that have sold practically zero copies um uh, in fact i i finally t i totaled up the sales and the income from my book career change uh since 2008 and i have now made 6000 us dollars in total <laughs> from that book you know over that nine years um which is not very much money really um but at least it's paid back the huge number of books i printed when i first published that so i did made the classic mistake of printing two thousand books um and i was living in australia and they were in my front room and out of the two thousand which of course cost me about six thousand dollars um they ended all ended up in the landfill uh, well about i sold about 100 books and the rest went into the landfill and that that was probably the biggest mistake i made early on um and you know i've i've redone my covers i've redone my um book titles you know i got the wrong genre i've had expensive marketing you know problems i've i've learned in the same way that everyone has to learn in this way but the failures that I've had as an author are, just don't feel like failures because I've learned lessons that I've then gone on to improve. So, yeah, I've had some some pretty bad. Well, like, for example, book marketing back in, you know, before Kindle Select and, you know, all the things we do now, uh, Amazon ads and, and all that. Uh, you know, I went on TV. So I, I spent ages writing press releases. And finally, I got on national TV in Australia. And I thought I'd made it, you know, I really thought this would be it this would launch my career. And I sold, yeah, about two books, mm. and it was completely waste of time. So this is the thing. And but what that did, failing in that way, I just went, okay, I get it, the internet, I'm not going to try and sell books on traditional media, I'm going to sell them on the internet. And and that started my journey into learning internet marketing. So I would just urge people to look at the failure in inverted commas or in your life and in your writing and then turn that into how could you learn for next time? No, that's great. I, what I hear you saying is, you know, there, there aren't really failures or lessons learned. And, and I think it's because of your, you know, I call it experimenting, starting businesses, you know, realizing I don't want to be a scuba diver, you know, forever. Mm -hmm. Um, 
just trying things and finding out, you know, I mean, who doesn't have the story of 5,000 books in their garage that they couldn't sell because <laughs> they got you know ripped off by someone and said, Oh yeah, no problem. You can sell these. And you know, they're gathering dust or they're in a, a landfill somewhere, but, but you know, all those things, again, it's, it's just trying things. I think that there's such a fear and I, I, I don't, I want to put a positive spin on it is because of the indie landscape and, you know, Amazon and Kobo and, you know, Barnes and Noble, like you can get your workout is, is you can, Hey, you can throw out a book and it may not work. It may not sell. And that's okay. Like, and don't see that as a, well, I just better, you know, quit and do something else. I mean, I have, I have books that, you know, they sell, yeah, a copy here and there, but not much. And I have others that sell hundreds of copies that, you know, a month. So it's, it just depends on, you know, but I don't look at that as like, oh, you know, I better just quit. It's just, Hey, some things work. Some things don't. I mean, books are so subjective. Nobody knows why some are bestsellers, some are not, you know, it's, you know, but, but I love the way you experiment, you know, I have, maybe I'll change the cover. Maybe I'll change the, you know, description. Maybe I'll, um, there, there's all kind of things that we can do, but you're always learning and you're always adding that to your portfolio. And I think that's the important lesson here um, is, you know, you can't fail unless you try stuff. So, um, so yeah, and I, I think the the lesson with that scuba diving company is being a writer, you can try things a lot cheaper <laughs> than you can <laughs> right. if uh, yes. for the other businesses. I mean, it must be one of the, you know, the businesses that has the lowest cost of entry. So, you know, I, I get annoyed when authors are like, oh, it's so much money to get an editor oh. or a cover design. And I'm like, no, it's not. You don't have to have a physical shop or, a nope. you know, a boat or, an, or a house or anything. So, yeah, consider the minimal amount of money that you have to spend at mm-hmm. the beginning to invest in becoming a better writer through getting a pro editor pro cover designer um you know that's pretty much you know most of the cost <laughs> yeah no that's good yeah you know i i bought a printing press that was probably my big mistake but you know other than that um so uh <laughs> let's transition just for a, just a few minutes here because i think this is going to be really helpful and I, I love your book on make a live making a living as a writing because you, you do something kind of cool in there which i don't think a lot of writers think about and i, I begin to start talking about this because what I found in my own writing, um, you know, nonfiction and fiction is it's opened up doors that are non-writing avenues of revenue. And you talk about that. So you talk about, you know, content marketing, you talk about product sales, you talk about consulting, coaching, speaking, um, you know, diversifying your business portfolio. And so talk, talk to us a little bit about kind of the publisher business mindset of, you know, don't just think book one book in your hand, that's my moneymaker, but think about all the other ways you can make a living. And then give us a little, just um, examples of your own experiences, because I know you do all kinds of stuff um, around your books. Mm. Yeah, sure. So I think, again, this is one of those myths that authors make their money from book sales um, mm. only. Uh, but actually, the truth is, you know, they, the the numbers range between five and 10% in terms of the, the authors who only make money from book sales. But even then, if you look at people like um, J.K. Rowling, Stephen King, and in fact, Stephen King right now, he's obviously making money from film rights, um, you know, licensing film rights, because it just came out and The Dark Tower. Um, so he's licensing there. He's got merchandise. He's got lots of different things that go together with his intellectual property rights other than book sales. Mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling obviously has a stage play in London, which is, you know, a kind of crazy. But for those of us who are normal, um, you know, uh, sort of if you take the standard um, sort of literary writer who might win a literary prize, most literary writers or prize winning writers make money through teaching um, or speaking 
speaking at colleges, you know, many of them, you know, get jobs teaching MFA and then MFA degrees and Master of Fine Arts or Master of Creative Writing. And um, then they get paid for, for teaching and then their book sales are kind of secondary. Um, Non-fiction authors generally make money from uh, speaking through consulting, um, you know, through back-end sales of courses. Um, and now, for example, teaching and speaking, you can do in person, um, but as I do, but also you can do it online. So I use Teachable, for example, I, I have a course uh, on how to write a novel, and that I sell on Teachable. So in that way, it can be a scalable form of income that you can sell uh, and it's related to your writing because people find me because of my writing and then click on my courses button and then might go on to buy something else. Um, things like affiliate income is a growing source of revenue for, um, you know, people like you and I who have websites. So it's a good reason to have a, an author website for your books, because inevitably, if you write a book, uh, you will get questions around what does being a writer mean? So somebody, th this will happen to anyone who publishes a book, someone is going to ask you about writing. And even if you just have one blog post on your site or one article that is how I write a book, um, you can link to editors and make affiliate commission on that. You can link to your books on Amazon and get, um, use Amazon Associates, get a kickback from Amazon. Uh, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're, you're promoting and recommending services that you use use yourself and receiving a commission then things like consulting I know a lot of a lot of screenwriters uh, who do consulting on scripts and a lot of authors who do manuscript assessments who do editing a lot of authors now doing cover design um, you know using or doing formatting for other authors uh, so services um, all these different things or freelance writing for example but the point is that you have to change your mindset around being a writer, yes, I, I'm a writer, um, but if I write a blog post that happens to link through to, let's say, Vellum, which I use for formatting my books, then, you know, what is the problem with that? That's another form of income uh, that is helpful to people uh, and is related to my writing because I wrote a blog post. So I, I really try and encourage people to think, you know, make it. That's why the book is called How to Make a Living with Your Writing, because the point is that you're writing on a blog or, you know, uh, I put. Um, uh, transcripts of my podcasts on my blog uh, which bring people even though it's audio there's still writing associated with it and that brings people to the website so there's lots of ways to turn your knowledge and your information and your stories into multiple streams of income and that is the most important thing because you don't want to be dependent on one stream of income for your livelihood because that can disappear uh, as it did for me back in sort of 2008 when many of us were laid off in the global financial crisis. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what drives me. It's I will never have that again. So multiple streams of income think much broader than just the book. Oh, that, that's really helpful. And that that's where I think people get, get stuck too. And and it's funny, I, I, I get a lot of emails too, like people don't realize, you know, uh, different streams within the same platform, you know, you got ebook, you got print, you got audio, um, you know, there's, those are just another stream. It's another platform. I mean, I have books that sell, you know, I've sold thousands of copies of audio and hardly any, you know, print and hardly any ebook. I mean, but on that one book, it's, it's all audio. And so again, but all my eggs aren't in the audio basket either, or the ebook basket and, um, you know, the speaking, that's wonderful. Um, consulting, I get emails weekly, you know, Hey, I, I don't, 
I don't know how to do this. Where do I do this? I have a thing set up where I have a book designer. Um, if I send him clients, he gives me a little percentage. And so it's, you know, it's a, it's a nice little partnership there because it, you're really helping people. I want you to hear too. And I, I think Joanna's saying it too. It's like, this isn't scammy. This isn't spammy. Mm. This isn't some kind of weird, you know, Hey, buy my book and click this link. And you know, I get rich. It's, it's actually providing things that really help people. So if you're doing affiliates, make sure it's products you endorse, you've used, they're mm. helpful. It's not just some weird thing. Uh, but you know, stuff that writers want, publishers want, business people want. Um, and I think if you go and check out Joanna's stuff, you'll see that too. She's really providing a lot of great services, how to, how to write books, courses, you know, um, other software products, books, whatnot. So, um, so don't, yeah, don't hear scammy, weird writer guy who's, you know, selling, you know, snake oil. (laughs) So, um, so really helpful, helpful stuff. Um, so let's, uh, let's kind of, as we, we wind down kind of the back end of this, this interview, I, I always love to do kind of just a couple quick questions that you can answer pretty, uh, pretty quickly, pretty fast here, but what's one piece of software that every writer needs? Scrivener. And I'm sure you've had that from other people, but yep. yeah, Scrivener is amazing. I write everything on Scrivener. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't do without it. Uh, one nonfiction book other than your own, uh, related to writing, publishing business. Uh, well, you've you've mentioned Stephen Pressfield, but I I like Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. I reread that every year, um, because in, in the new year, and it really helps me focus. Um, and I also I actually have on my desk right now uh, Christine Catherine Rush, uh, Goals and Dreams, um, which I'm also I tend to read on Kindle, but then I print you know I get a print copy to put on my desk to remind me about that book. Um, so that's on my desk right now. One fiction book that's not your own that you recommend? Oh, well, my favorite novel is The Stand by Stephen King. He okay. That really is my favorite book. And and in fact, um, if you will read Stephen King, you know most of them are, are pretty massive. And The Stand is a huge book. Mm-hmm. And one of my goals as a writer, you know, before I get into my 60s is to write something that epic. Great book. Yeah, it's funny. Actually, I just had someone on the show that actually recommended that same book. I can't believe you just said ah. that. So, uh, <laughs> so here's here's the situation. Um, Morgan Sierra is exploring a religious cult. She finds an ancient microphone, and she wants <laughs> to share three writerly truths with the universe. What would they be? Uh, well, if people don't know, Morgan Sierra is my main character in the arcane uh, thrillers. Well, I'm glad um, you picked that up because that's why I used it. So that was, that was good on you. Yeah. Investigating supernatural mysteries around the world. Um, and Morgan is is my sort of alter ego. Um, so in terms of, of creative truths, I would say, you know, one big message is you have to write. Uh, and this this is one of those surprising things, like writers often forget to write. Um, if you're feeling bad, go write. If you're feeling good, go write. Um, and it can really help. It can be your your sort of, your solace and, you know, where you heal as well as something that can make a living. And, you know, I am a, an artist first, a businesswoman second. Uh, you can be both. And probably that's my second tip uh, because Morgan Sierra enjoys her luxury uh, as well as her sort of kick ass around the world um, <laughs> is that you can make a living as a writer. You can make a good living as a writer. So it took me some time. But as I said, you know, now I'm making multi six figures as an author. And this this is and I, I have a lot of friends who are doing this too. This is actually not that unusual. Um, 
in the community now because this is the best time in history to be a writer uh so that would probably be my next thing is if you want this it's out there um and then you know probably the third thing would be to just circle back to that roller coaster uh you know and to really know yourself and understand the way you feel the ups and downs and recognize them instead of just letting them roll through your life you know really be more mindful about your own journey and uh you know, keep keep notes about your own journey. If you don't have a blog, then at least write things down so you recognize where you are and you can recognize your success over time. Really good, really good stuff. Morgan Sierra would be proud. Um, what are you most excited about right now? What are you working on? Uh, well, actually, it's funny you say that. Today, um, I started the draft of The Healthy Writer, which is a nonfiction book I'm doing, co-writing with a medical doctor, um, a bit like the author mindset book. Um, what I found, you know, I did a survey on my blog and I had over a thousand people email me back with various physical and mental health issues that writers have. And, it, you know, I've been reading a lot of them today and it, I'm excited about doing the book now because it's incredible how many people in our industry have chronic pain, um, you know, are really suffering from a lot of physical issues as well as some mental health issues. So I'm really looking forward to, to doing that book. That's going to be out in January 2018 um, it's called The Healthy Writer and will be about physical and mental health um, sort of tips and will hopefully help people in the same way that the mindset book is is as in if you have wrist pain and back pain and headaches and eye strain you, you're normal <laughs> um, but there are ways to uh, reduce your pain and certainly I've been on a five-year journey to get rid of my pain mm -hmm. and um, looking forward to sharing that. Yeah that sounds amazing I look forward to that. Uh, we'll make sure we get that out there, um, get the word out. Um, where can people find you? And then kind of where should people start with Joanna Penn if they don't know, you know, with your writing books, your fiction book, just kind of give them a little introduction. How can they get started with all the Joanna Penn goodness? Yeah, sure. Well, so first of all, I have a podcast. So if people want to come on over, The Creative Pen Podcast, pen with a double N. Um, so that's a good place to start. I'm on like episode 320 or something. So <laughs> pretty, pretty long running podcast at this point. Um, then thecreativepen.com uh, with pen with a double N. And there's a author blueprint that people can download. And that is a, like a big ebook with everything on writing and self-publishing and book marketing. It's all free um, video series and all kinds of free stuff in there so and then my books are at thecreativepen.com forward slash books and as a fiction writer I write as JF Penn F for Francis and all my fiction is out there if you enjoy Stephen King like if Stephen King is on your list of writers that you enjoy then um yeah check check those out and if you have a quick question then twitter at the creative pen great wonderful yeah the arcane series I've read them all they're great um and Check out Joanna's stuff. She is such a uh, humble, gracious servant who just gives and gives and gives and helps a ton of writers. So Joanna, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've just helped a ton of people. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Ryan. It's been great. Prolific Writer Nation. Oh my goodness. Amazing. Joanna Penn helping us, teaching us, sharing her story, sharing her ups and downs, sharing. I, I loved one of the, my takeaways from that interview was 
that every writer has fear, everyone has self-doubt, it doesn't go away even after 25 books or 100 books or 1,000 books. We have to constantly fight it. And so she's got really vulnerable, really honest. Hopefully you find some encouragement, some inspiration there, no matter where you are in your writing journey. So much in regards to mindset, deciding what you wanna be, where you wanna take this writing journey, it's up to you. It's an open field, the gatekeepers are down, they're gone. You have to decide. It's possible. You can make a a living as a writer. There's so many options and opportunities to do that. So you just need to decide what you're called to, what you want to do, how you want to do. So thank you, Joanna, for coming on. Go check out Joanna, the creative pen, double N.com. All her good writerly advice. Check out her podcast. Check out her books. And also go check out JF Penn. Her fiction stuff is amazing too. So thank you, Joanne, for coming on. And hey, if you could do me a solid, I know I ask this every week, but it really helps us a lot. If you could leave a review on iTunes, just head over to iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, wherever you listen to this show, and just give it a, a, a nice little, maybe five stars would be awesome. Maybe it's one star. Maybe you thought it was one star. That's fine too. But just leave a review, an honest review. It really helps us get our show out into the world. And I'm so thankful for the prolific writer nation. Thanks for stopping in every week. And I look forward to talking to you real, real soon. And make sure you go get those words down. Okay? Go get them down right now. Okay? Stop listening to podcasts. That's procrastination and fear. Don't let it seep in. Go, go, go. Go get the words down. It's Ryan J. Pelton. I'll talk to you soon.